Hello. Priya. Oh my god, I didn't have my headphones turned on. <laughs> so this is a good start. Oh yeah, strong start. Hey buddy. How are you? Oh. Tired? Yeah, tired. Cool, cool. What happened to the first link? Um, I sat here thinking about my thoughts too much and watching YouTube videos, and I got bored and my uh, my thing was dying, so I decided I should charge my phone rather than sit here and listen to the uh, horrible background music that they play. Oh. Chris and David, did you come? Nope. Did- Chris, you're De- Jess and David? David has been MIA for a few weeks. I haven't really asked. Oh, all right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I should probably reach out and be like, hey, buddy, you all right? But, you know, I figured he needed his space. Who knows? Yeah, could be. <sighs> something serious is going on, Jess would have told us. <laughs> yeah, I figured. He's been pretty quiet in general, if you've noticed. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. How are you? Really good. How are you? That, you, can't just, you can't just turn it around like that immediately when I ask a question. <laughs> Well, I answered your question, and then I also asked about your well-being. Uh, I know, but I haven't talked to you. I know what I've done. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Well, I don't know what you've done. Oh. Work stuff? Bitch. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I've been painting and working on stuff. and pro- Ooh, pa- painting. Um, have you seen any of my paintings before that I've done where uh, I take a painting that I find at like a garage sale or a Goodwill for a few bucks and I paint over it? Oh, yeah. I feel like you've sent us pictures of that before. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I send you guys process pics when I'm like partway through them. But yeah, I, uh, I have another one of them that I've been working on for a while and just been kind of lazy. But uh, <laughs> we've got um, my brother's having an Oktoberfest at his house. This weekend, so that's what we're coming back for, and uh, cool. yeah, drink some German beers. I found a—you'll appreciate this. I, at Goodwill, we stopped by real quick, and I uh, found a German, like military marching album from the 1950s. It's completely German, like every bit of it is in German. And I was like, "Well, Steve, guess what? I'm bringing home this weekend for us to listen to while we're being German people." <laughs> Yeah. That, I mean, that's going to be a hit. It's going to be a total hit. Absolutely. People are going to think we're a bunch of weirdos. Like, are those yeah. are those Nazis out there? Is that what Nazis look like? Just lock the door and stay inside. Close the blinds. Yeah. Honey, <laughs> don't look at them in the eyes. <laughs> um, other than that, you know, just kind of, I've, I've been, I've been kind of kicking around the idea of looking at properties. So I, I've been uh, looking around, shopping mostly taxes and stuff of areas around here but um i i I have this long long dream of owning a little bit of land and having a little bit of a baby farm uh with a few animals on it so hell yeah i recommend it i was thinking of you the other day because uh one of the places that i found it was it was like twelve thousand square feet i'm like that cannot be a house and i opened it up and it was a fucking barn it was like a it was a uh like a riding stable you know the one Oh, like yeah. the arena like yeah we, yeah and i was like how can you lease that as a house well it might have living quarters in it i didn't see anything and if they did they didn't they took pictures of everything but that <laughs> well you i mean you can lease a barn oh, and yeah. like i mean you could you could essentially pay rent for a barn and then like have a business out of it like training or boarding or well like I, there was another one that was like 63 acres and it was, uh, it currently has a cow farm on it with only like, if from the aerial photos, it looked like they had maybe 40 cows on it. Do the cows come with it? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> that's too much, that's too much work right off the bat. Hey, you just bought this house. Now also you got 40 cows to deal with. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. So uh, can you cows just kind of like chill for eight hours while I go to work? It's like, I mean, they can. Yeah, I know. I mean, I figured most cows can just kind of be their own thing. Yeah. Honestly, the the dream is bison. I really like to do bison. Like a lot of them. No, like like no more than four at a time. 
Yeah. Like, just get a couple babies and grow them to full size. And what? Grow them to full size. What what would you prefer? Let let them mature? You raise them. Oh. I don't want to. I don't want to think about them like animals. I want to think about them like meat and money. <laughs> oh, you'll eat them and then like tan their hides, and probably more than likely sell the high-end protein locally. The high-end protein. Yeah, like have the meat processed and then frozen and freezer packed, oh. and sell them at local farmers markets and stuff. Gotcha. Um. And if not that, then duck eggs and foie gras and fun stuff like that. Really just kind of want ducks, goats, and bison. <laughs> I think I want an excuse to have those animals. Do you really? Can you make a lot of money off of duck eggs? Do a lot of people eat duck eggs? Duck eggs are actually one of the more expensive eggs. And they are supposedly very, very delicious eggs. I have not had duck eggs because they are way too expensive at the store that I've seen them at. <laughs> What kind of store do they sell them at? Uh, for us around here, it's an international food store. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's like right next to like quail eggs, ostrich eggs. Like they have every crazy egg that you can imagine. They have ostrich eggs? They do. But it was like 70 bucks. And it's like, I don't even want to hold this thing. I'll fuck it up. Yeah, don't touch it. <laughs> no. Uh, and I have absolutely no need for an ostrich egg. So, like, do you buy duck eggs, like, in a dozen, like you do with chicken eggs? The ones that I've seen, they're, like, in sixes because of the price, usually. How much are they in sixes? Uh, it was, like, 10 or 12 bucks. Oh, my God. Something that, like that. That is not that expensive if you just want to try it once. Splurge a little. Oh, well, I know. Yeah, I, I need to do it. I just haven't done it. It's just, honestly, I, I want ducks. And then the things that come from ducks are duck meat <laughs> and duck eggs. Why don't, why don't you just get yourself some ducks? Why do you have to have, used to have them? You want ducks? Get ducks, man. Well, I, I can't get ducks right now. I live in an apartment. I don't think they would well, enjoy the... But you said you needed an excuse to get them. Just get them. Yeah, no. For that one's easy. That one's just go, you know, buy the land, honestly, and just go get ducks at, at Tractor Supply. <laughs> right. Uh, bison is a little bit more of a discussion point. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, but this property very, is set up for it, which is kind of cool in that right. There's a very unique scent that comes from a bison farm. You know, we, we just saw a bison. We went to a, uh, a state park that keeps bison. And their herd, if I had to guess, is probably 20 or 25. Yeah. And I didn't smell anything. It was really nice, actually. It was... It's not a farm. It's a state park. They probably have a lot more room than they would on a farm. Actually, you'd be surprised. If I was trying to guess, the pen that they have them roaming around in is probably about 20 acres. Well, that's kind of a lot. It, like, it, I... it is a lot, but it's it's like they let you come right up to them. And and I've, I've understood, from what I understand, is they actually are pretty good for pasture land because they aerate the soil just mm-hmm. by trampling it around. And... Uh, those things can fucking live in goddamn ridiculous conditions. Like, oh yeah, insane below freezing temperatures. They can just be chilling out there in their big old furry coats. Like, oops, sucks. And then they uh, they can be out there in incredibly hot heat. It's insane. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, like, I feel like the smell would come. Like, I, I've driven by bison farms before, and it's usually like they have a big barn too. You know? Yeah, there is a barn on but this place. It usually comes off the barn. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows what happens? Uh, but yeah, that that would be really fun to do shit like that. So, have you found a place that you're very interested in? How many acres are you wanting? Well, you can have two bison on five acres, but that seems small. <laughs> like, tw- well, I don't know. You need really, you need like a. If you take care of the grass, you need like an acre per horse. Okay. I mean, minimum, unless you want to supplement with a lot of extra hay, which we're going to have, like, the place we just bought. Yeah, tell me about that. So, we closed on it yesterday. We're actually sitting in it right now. Congrats. Thank you. Also, Haley's here. Say hello. Hi, Haley. Um, But we're sitting on an air mattress because we have no furniture yet. And... (laughs) And so it's just barely over three acres. We have three horses and all these dogs. And so 
I think how many I don't know how many acres would you say is pasture? Probably one and a half, maybe two. Probably one and a half acres. One and a half to two acres is fenced for pasture. So we're gonna have to always feed hay. I mean they usually get hay anyway, but you can add more hay to their diets, you know, to supplement the mm-hmm. grass mm-hmm. getting. Um so uh yeah, so we've got a house and a little barn. It's got two stalls in it. And what are you supposed to do about the third horse? <laughs> well, we don't you don't have to stall horses. I okay. mean right now where they are, they you know, they move them every day and they're handled every day. So they go out and then they go back in. So they do stall most of them at night. But um it's not necessary. Like all I need is shelter. And so we're gonna basically Current, so when we get them up here, the winter, we're just going to close off part of the barn on the inside, mm-hmm. like the stalls available and then like part of the aisleway, and then just open the door in the back of the barn so they can come in and get shelter if they want it. But most of the time, they'll just go in there to poop and then go back outside, even if it's snowing. <laughs> like, wait, wait they, all, they is it a training thing or they just choose to poop indoors? <laughs> they, they choose to poop indoors. Yeah. When they have other options, they... When yeah, they, they can poop anywhere outside. They're like, ugh, gross. Yeah, I mean, like not all the time. Obviously, they will poop outside, but a lot of times they they will go inside. That's funny. Yeah. Um. So that's the plan for this summer. But then next summer, or not that that's the plan for this winter. But next year, we're gonna try. We're gonna cut holes on the outside of the stalls so they have stalls to go into instead of. You know, that way we can have the whole barn aisle. Oh, so they can just walk into their own stalls. Yeah. I but, see. And we're probably only, for a while, at least only going to keep two stalls because we'll just use them if they're, like, sick or injured and have to be on, quote-unquote, stall rest. Okay. Um, But just let them go in and out as they please, just whatever they want to do. Well, how neat is that? You get to yeah. ride your own horses on your own property, dog. I know. Well, and so, like, so our property... With the area that we that we bought the house was originally built as an equestrian area. Oh, so, yeah. So there are 51 miles of private equestrian only trails, and part of the trail is on two sides of our property. Nice. Yeah. So, so just, you can just hop on and loop. Yes. Nice. Yes. We can go on an evening trail ride if we want every Aww. night. That's awesome. Yeah, we're super excited. You don't have to pay anything for that, do you? Like an HOA or anything crazy like that? No. We just have Sweet. to upkeep the trail. We're supposed to maintain the trails. Oh, we do? The Bull Valley Riding Club? I thought we didn't have to. We just can't. <laughs> well. Everybody then... wants to get there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but then. No, just because you're running private property, so it does your insurance. Oh yeah, that's right. So you're not trespassing to get hurt. That's okay. Um, that's awesome, dudes. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. So Mm -hmm. you guys are up there right now. Yes. All right. So Haley's pretty much here because she's working up here, you know. So she'll be up here most of the time. She's in the dog fence and all that stuff. And then we have our other house until October fifteenth. So I'm gonna go back tomorrow. And, uh, you know, kind of basically finish packing up the rest of the stuff. And she's going to come back down a couple times to take another trailer load or two up. Back mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Have you guys already sold it? Yeah. Awesome. We close on the fi- Well, I mean, we still have it, but we close on the 15th. That's exciting. Assuming everything goes through, then yes. <laughs> very, very good. That's awesome. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, and it's funny because we the house that we bought doesn't come didn't come with a refrigerator, and so we have my teeny tiny little dorm mini fridge that I got in college, and it's itty bitty sitting in the middle of our refrigerator space. Honestly, that's what I would do probably too. <laughs> I mean, my brother when he moved up to Chicago, they uh, they had like folding chairs for their couch because their couch was on back order for like two months. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. We currently have. A doubles camp chair, like a love seat camp chair. Oh yeah, that's classy yeah. right there. It's got the little cooler in the middle. It's actually just got a like a mesh space in the middle. It doesn't have a cooler. Oh. So just assume that's a dog a dog seat. Oh okay, that works too. Yeah. yeah. When do the horses make the trek? Um, hopefully in the next few weeks. We have to thoroughly inspect and fix up the fence some. 
because most of the pasture fence, the big pasture that's there is in good shape, but it is open to two other smaller pastures that are not in good shape at all. Like it's two different, totally different kinds of fence. Mm. So we need to close that off and or patch up the other fences before we can get them up here. But hopefully we'll be able to do that in the next few weeks and bring them up so we can ride in the fall. You should ride. You should ride them all the way up, like city slickers or something. Like you're bringing in the herd. It would take so long. It just take. <laughs> you should herd the dogs all the way up to Chicago. Oh my god, that'd be a mess. <laughs> it'd take forever. <laughs> uh, yes, it'd be awful, but it'd be it'd be a good story. Okay. It'd be a good story. You're right. Until someone died of frostbite in the middle of January in the on the on the trail ride. Or dysentery. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's how it like <laughs> snake bite on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, that's freaking sweet. I can't wait to come visit sometime. Uh, next time I'm up in Chicago, I'll have to give you a ring. Yeah. Come up, come up for the day. And then, what do you think you're? When do you think you're gonna be free this weekend? Um, where you? So we're gonna get in late Friday, tomorrow. Well, like probably in the evening. Um, like five, six p.m., something like that. Okay. And then, uh, oh wait, there's a time change. So probably actually like four or five. Uh, and then let's see, we have, my brother's Oktoberfest is Saturday Okay. and Liz is going to go see her grandma a little bit for that day. And then, uh, Sunday we have, we're going to see her family and then she's going to see her daughter Mm -hmm. and then we're leaving Monday morning. So somewhere in there, we got to squeeze in coming to say hi. Absolutely. Yeah. What? You know when she's gonna go see her grandma on Saturday? Uh, I'd have to ask. Probably not super early. I I don't know. I'd have to ask. I know that we our dinner is like five thirty or something like that. Okay. Well, if you want, when you get in town, we could go on tomorrow, or you could come over. We can go see the horses. What else you gonna suggest? Oh yeah, she might like that. That'd be kind of fun. We do have the doggo with us, so we can't leave him for too long by himself. But we can. Beans? Yeah, we're bringing him. Does he get along with other dogs well? He gets along with other dogs really well. The only thing he doesn't like is someone humping him okay. or someone touching his butt. <laughs> what? That's like how they say hello to each other. No, no, no. Like like an actual person touching his ass. Like like if he goes to the the um the doctor and they take his temperature, you'll hear him scream like he's dying. And like, they'll, and they'll and they'll come back and they're like, all we did was take his temperature. <laughs> okay, look, first of all, there will be no butthole poking. No, I ever. know. <laughs> uh, but like, if even if I were to walk up to him and like, just like poke with my finger, the low back of his butt, he would flip around really fast. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, no, uh, he he's fine. Like, we always take him to the parks. He's just a big, hilarious dog. He, I mean, he's bad about stealing dogs toys because he's a little shit. Like run up and try and take the ball. Like this is mine, right? Okay. Um, but then uh, the only problem we had last time was somebody's German Shepherd came up and tried to like mount him, and he whipped around real fast. And then that dog grabbed Eames by the neck because oh. he whipped around really fast, as as you guys would call it, a dust up. <laughs> uh, but then he, you know, the guy like is screaming at his dog and pulling him off Eames, and Eames was walking around like <laughs> doesn't even fucking care, like. Nothing even happened. Well, if you want, we can you can uh, bring him over with you and see if he gets along with our dog. And the only one that I'm worried about that could be a problem because he's an asshole, we can put in a crate when we leave. Okay. But we can leave him there, or you can bring him along. And we could like leave him in the car, keep him on a leash, and take turns. You know, staying with him. Yeah, I mean, I, the- when I'm with, when I'm with him, he is usually hooked onto a three foot leash to my belt, which is my belt is a um. A rock climbing belt um so basically when i'm like hiking and stuff he's always three feet away from me kind of thing yeah yeah um well, absolutely if you want to go see horses we'll figure out a way to bring to bring him along and keep him out you know by the cars because we can't take him in the barn yeah right right that's the rules there um yeah, no that's fine or we can if he gets along with our dogs we can leave him at home or if you're not comfortable with that that's fine we can figure something else out but if you want to go see the horses absolutely let's go see the horses i think i think she would really like to see the horses probably excellent well let's go do that yeah yeah and you know if it's only for a few hours also he can just hang out you know he's fine i mean every time we take him to like uh, a dog 
like boarding place, they're like, he's so well behaved. <laughs> My my brother's only complaint is he'll cry when we're not around. Aw. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, what we do, what we'll do, what we'll do is we'll bring him to the house, mm-hmm. and Rambo, we'll put Rambo in the crate, because he's kind of a turd. Okay. I don't think he'll cause any problems, but he's just, you just, you just never know. He's the one that fights with Bailey a lot. Well, okay. I haven't recently, but. That was the one that you had re- the most recently. Yes. Yes. And. And and to be honest, Bailey's the only dog we've ever seen him have a problem with. Like he just does not want Bailey to have any fun ever. Like it's just he's a dick. <laughs> to Bailey and Bailey only. But just to be safe, I can put him in a crate, he'll be fine, not a big deal. Um and we can leave him there if you would like. Or, you know, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. We can bring yeah. him up. We'll 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 play it by ear. How about that? Perfect. And so we can I'm not it. that worried about it. Yeah, me either. So we can do it Friday or like Saturday morning if you want, whatever you guys want. Well, let's plan it off the podcast because all these people listening are probably like, what the fuck? Why do I need to hear about all of their detailed plans for when? Okay. Yeah, sometimes I forget that we're recording. And Talking just... other to other than ourselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> uh, but no, we should plan to do something for sure. I already yeah. told Liz that you guys, or well, you were going to be in town at least. Uh, and so we should try and swing by and say, hey. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Who doesn't want to say hi to a big old horsey poo? Yeah. Yes. Bunch of them. Say hello to a bunch of them. Oh man. Uh have you read anything good recently? Um, not really. I've been listening I haven't been able to figure out what new book to listen to. Okay. So I've been listening to a lot of pants for stand up comedy. I'll give you a, a one that I've been listening to. What have you been listening to? Um, so it's called The Tiger, and it's a, a story of vengeance. Okay. Um, basically, it's about uh, this guy that was, um, it's one of those situations where they kind of like, the detectives show up after the crime has already happened, and then they're walking back to try and figure out what exactly happened. Uh-huh. But essentially, what they understand to have happened is in the Russian taiga, um, T-I-A-G-A, there are tigers that, uh, like a lot of people call them Siberian tigers, but that's a lot or la- large space of uh, tigers. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially, this guy somehow crossed this tiger. They think either he stole food from the tiger, or he shot the tiger outright, just trying to poach it. And basically, this tiger hunted him for days. <laughs> and by the times the cops they get there. They're like walking along the path with his buddies that are like ghost white that found him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, there's a hand. Let's take a few more steps. Oh, there's an arm inside of a shirt. And then a couple more steps. Oh, there's a part of his body. It's like wow. basically this tiger took him to pieces. Uh, and the book is incredibly good. Like I thought that it was going to just be like, you know, like, oh, yeah, poacher's bad. And, you know, I still feel like poaching is bad. But and then you read about the situation that, that the Russian government has put these people in. And these are people that, like, live out in the middle of the woods. And they're, you know, literally hunting for their lives just so they can put meat on the table. Yeah. And then the government takes away their permits and their rights to have firearms or knives or any of that stuff. So it kind of puts them in a really rough situation. Yeah. So you almost start to feel bad for them. Um, but man, listening to them to talk about like what tigers will do and like how this tiger skipped all these other people, but hunted this one dude for days, like circled his cabin, melted the snow all the way down to the grass during permafrost time, just sitting there waiting for him. It was like finding things that had his scent and chewing them up and destroying them. It even... They think part of the reason that they think that he like like stumbled upon a tiger kill like a boar and took some meat is that uh, a place that he was known to store meat uh, hidden from the government uh, was destroyed by the tiger. And then also a few days earlier than that, at a like very secluded uh, loggers camp where this guy had visited because he trades meat to these loggers. the tiger smelled his scent in the outhouse and destroyed the outhouse and ate all of the poop. 
Oh. And they, they're like, this is not common, but it also is indicative of a of a cat basically smelling something that it's that's it, it considers its own property and taking it back. And then it hunted down the guy and fucked him up. <laughs> is this a true story? Yes, it's crazy. Wow. You know me, I like to read crazy true stories. Sometimes, like, you know, it's such a common thing but you know truth is stranger than fiction when you read some of this stuff you go what the fuck this is real but yeah no Haley just casually said that she found a foot once and i would for you to tell that story because i've never heard that before (laughs) a human foot yeah it was a human foot okay go on when we were going when we were in uh was in college that first that small private Baptist college first and it was in Clinton, Mississippi. And so like 20 minutes outside of Clinton down I-20 towards Vicksburg was Edwards, Mississippi. And if you kind of tipped back through Edwards and kind of took a left and a right and the third dirt road and the second dirt road (laughs) off that dirt road, you ended up at the Big Black River. And it was across the county line from the easy way to get there through go out there and drink beer. Everybody that saw you was on the other side of the river. And that was another county's problem. <laughs> and so we were under age. And so we were out there farting around one night and poking around in the in a creek. I mean, I call it the river or something, but it was kind of a creek where we were. And uh, just fucking around and found a foot sticking out of the sand, like this, and in the gravel and dirt and stuff. Uh-huh. And so we were like, well, that's fucked up. So we left. He left. <laughs> So the next weekend we were back there. I guess we're the. I thought like somebody would have said something or anything, but nobody said anything. So we back out there, and that damn foot was there, and I was thinking it's like a mannequin foot or whatever. And uh, dug it out, and it was a foot, foot, like a foot. Like it had been severed. Yeah, like there's a train. Is this a joke? No. Okay. There's like a train. <laughs> there's like a train bridge right there, so uh-huh. we called the cops, and then. Uh, Oh, I see what's happening here. (laughs) They think that somebody that was riding the trains got their foot cut off? No, I think they were worried about it being like, you know, somebody was on the train. It was in like poor, poor Mississippi. So like somebody was walking down the trail road track, maybe made a bad decision, whatever. So we went, we called the cops. We had the dirty things. We called the cops and came out there. And of course we have to give an interview and all that kind of stuff. And you're thinking like. When did you first find it? Uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so we called. So they came out and do all this. This is my first foot, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> we thought, yeah, it's not our foot. We didn't put it there. And so, you know, that was a mannequin foot. And so they come out there and it's, you know, they're just out there. It's a bunch of college kids and we're just like, Here we the- are, sober, finding a foot. <laughs> the first oh time my God. And, uh, yeah, no, so the cops came out and they said, hey, you got to wait, you know, we, you know, stand over here, whatever, and, you know, they, they thought they were going to call our parents and we're, like, freaking our shit out, because, like, why are we out there anyway? We weren't supposed to be out there technically trespassing and all this kind of stuff, so then this, um, this other, I don't know what, what group they were with, it wasn't, like, the feds or the state or whatever, maybe it was the state, I don't know, but they came out there. And they had dogs and stuff going to look, you know, for other bits and pieces and all that. And one of the dog handlers, I was talking to him, and I was like, hey, you know, can I pet your dog? And he's like, no, no, dog's working. And the guy bends down and starts pulling on my, like, kind of grabs my shoe. And I'm kind of freaking out. And he starts pulling on my leg. Mm-hmm. And he was just pulling on my leg, just like, <laughs> I'm pulling yours! <laughs> that oh, my bad. God. I thought you were going to say you were pulling the foot out of the sand and you started <laughs> on the leg, just like I'm pulling on yours. I knew it! <laughs> Son of a bitch. How many times have you told that story? <laughs> I was almost halfway into a Stephen King novel in my head. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that's kind of a significant thing you would have told me by now. <laughs> and here you are, sitting on the floor like... What? what? And she's silently judging you for like not calling the cops the first right. time. You just left it. What's Bro, wrong? Wait. <laughs> like, 
Oh, hold on, honey. I got to go check on the foot, see if it's still there. <laughs> yep. We're sober. Still there. <laughs> Damn it. Man, I love it. Well, it worked because I was definitely drawn in very well. So good job. Yeah. Hang on. I was. And, well, because I didn't think you'd look me in the eye and lie to me about it being a joke. <laughs> it's not lying if it's a good story. Um. Well, and, and you know how we knew it's not true, because we've already talked about this. If we find a foot, we're eating it, right? No. No. Oh, so only if it's your foot? Yeah. We have to know the source. No, not even then. Uh, well, Haley's out, but I feel like... It's really farm to table here. Uh, yeah. I feel like the way we talked about it was if it was one of our feet that came off naturally. There is no naturally coming off. You don't don't shed a foot like a cicada would. Yeah, like I'm not going to like eat your diabetic foot if you lose it because of that. But like, yeah, because it'd be bad by then. Well, well, originally we were talking about it because a guy got in a really bad motorcycle accident. Yeah, that sticks out very clearly in my mind from that first podcast. Yeah, I remember that. And that, you know, you know, in that situation, you just pull the, you know, pull the foot out of the boot and go, and you're ready to go. Yeah, just blow the germs off. What's the second rule on a foot? A second rule? Yeah, like how many seconds can the foot be on the ground before I have to go wash it? I thought you meant like there's the first rule and then the second rule. No, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me uh, uh, look at my list of foot rules that I have for eating. Tom starts with a foot rule because like in, in their general use, feet spend a lot of time on the ground. Dude, like I don't even know what I would do if I saw a body part. If I, like, was walking, like, hiking out in the woods and I saw a fucking foot sticking out of the ground, I don't know what the fuck I would do. Because... I think that fairly regularly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, my brain would just go to all the movie scenarios. And it's like, well, if I called cops, then all the mob's going to be after me, man. <laughs> Maybe I didn't see that foot. Maybe the foot's a figment of my imagination. And someone's going to show up and tell me that with a gun in my face. Yes. I don't want to be the foot out in the woods. <laughs> Let dead foots lay. You know what I think about a lot is that, like, like what would I do if, like, I saw, like, on, like driving on the side of the road, especially at night. Like, if I saw a person, like, an injured person or a limpy-looking person or a dead person, like, would I stop to help them? Just help the dead person. Well, <laughs> right. I don't know, man. My person that looked injured or like on a dark road, like their car broke down. Like would I stop to help if I was by myself of some sort, which I don't see, even know what kind of would have. See, I watched this um I watched this Vice documentary. They they did three different seasons of this and it's this famous graffiti artist that ended up becoming a millionaire because on a side story, he did uh he did work for Facebook and instead of taking payment he took stock options and that was when they first opened so anyways this guy that was basically a broke street artist is now a millionaire but anyways before he was doing that he was doing these things where he would he like would refuse to pay for like hardly anything and so Mm -hmm. he would vice found out about this and they did videos of him like traveling across europe or traveling across china or traveling across the united states without paying for anything like hopping trains hitchhiking things like that and he talks about how like hitchhiking used to be no big deal in the 60s because everybody did it and then hollywood made all these movies about hitchhikers dying or you know like basically how hitchhiking will get you killed or they'll kill you and then he said all of a sudden it just all changed and he said it's so weird how american mindsets have changed to hitchhiking and he talks about like how easy it is to get hitchhiker or get a ride when there's a when you're like hitchhiking with a woman, but if you're just two dudes, it's like really hard. Um, and he also talks about how like certain races will pick him up and other ones won't. And he's Asian, uh, and so he's like, I feel like just by being Asian, less people or more people feel like I'm less dangerous. 
<laughs> like so it's kind of an interesting sociology experiment um with this guy but yeah when, when ago was this? what's that how long ago was that i don't remember when he did the last one the last one i think was in china like a couple of years ago but none of these are more than like i don't know five six years old he, but he's been doing this since he was like 12 i don't think i don't think that hollywood made it seem like picking up hate checkers were bad i think that like like, I think that's a real thing, that people would pick them up and then, like, keep them for a long time or murder them. Like, I've read a lot of things about people that did that. Like, a lot of serial killers, that was, like, their main way of finding people was picking up hitchhikers. Well, fair enough. I, I think that's fair enough. But I think, I also kind of feel like there's always been the same level of people getting killed and that we just hear about it more now. Well, Yeah. Um, anyways, the guy's name's David Cho. If you ever want to check out what he does, check it out. But yeah, yeah, he's he's done some crazy shit, man. Like honestly, he lives on the fucking very fringe of fucking society. <laughs> but it just cracks me up that he's also a millionaire, <laughs> and he's like yeah. a, a what he even calls himself a depraved gambler. And he like will show up at like Vegas, get comped a room, and just like blow thirty thousand, and then make sixty thousand, and then just bail again and go right back to the train yard and go ride trains. <laughs> what a dick! I know, but it's like <laughs> the cops usually are arresting like guys that have no money and are just trying to get from one town to another. And I can't wait. For, I, I would love the idea of them arresting David Cho and finding out that he's a super famous artist with like sixty grand in his pocket. <laughs> He's just a deep asshole. <laughs> he seems like a little bit of an asshole, but not a huge asshole. Mm. I can't really tell. You know, sometimes he seems like a huge asshole, sometimes he doesn't. But anyways, I don't know the guy. I just watched a few videos and it's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's kinda of nuts. It's kinda of like it, it feeds this fascination in my brain of like like I would never want to climb Mount Everest. That sounds like a terrible thing, but I'll definitely watch a video of a person do it. <laughs> That really sounds like a terrible thing. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, have, have you heard of green boots? Yes, I was just gonna say. There's so many dead bodies up there. They don't even bother bringing them. They use them as markers. They're like, yep. Yeah, well, yeah. the green when you get to green boots, take a right. Yeah. Which for crazy. people that don't know, green boots is a person that died. They think in the 90s or 80s, I think, um, and has just <laughs> frozen and perfectly preserved up there. I think they finally removed them. Though. Not all of them, though. I mean, it's too dangerous. A lot of them. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about green boots, but I know that there's another one that's famous that it's a a woman that fell all the way down a crevasse and just like smacked into the rocks and they just, it's too dangerous to even get to her. They just left her. This says in May 2014, the body of green boots was reported missing, presumably removed or buried. Oh, so somebody did finally did something about it, maybe? Yeah. Also, there's a picture of them on the Wikipedia. Oh, who they think Green Boots is? No, the picture of Green Boots' body. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I've seen that one a million times, yes. Right next That's... to all those oxygen tanks and shit. Yeah, they're terrible. Pretty crazy, man. Pretty, pretty crazy. I don't know why people feel like yeah. they need to do that, but, uh, whew. Yeah, it's, it's too dangerous to move. Yeah, I mean, the ultimate rich thing to do is just wait until the winds are right and have the chopper drop you off, go take a selfie and get the fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What would be your ultimate rich person thing to do? My ultimate rich person thing to do. I would have a dog and horse animal sanctuary and enough people to pay... Or enough money to pay people to help me do it. Oh, well, you know, that's just not fun at all. Yeah. (laughs) I was looking for, like, buy two yachts and go out into, like, international waters and have, like, gorilla wrestling matches. International waters sounds ridiculous. That terrifies me. The ocean kind of scares me. Oh, dude. Uh, One night we had my buddy's uh, dad over who was a pilot. And we were, I don't know how we got on the subject of international waters, but he was telling us about another pilot that he had flown with that uh, on his, like, he's one of those, like, roving pilots that just never really, like, put down for a house. Like, he just bought basically a sailboat, and when he wants to vacation, he sails. 
And he was sailing in international waters, doesn't have a family, doesn't have a wife, no kids, anything like that, just by himself. And he was like either moored or he was basically sailing overnight or something. I I can't remember if he was like actually like uh, anchored or what, but he was in international waters sleeping in his cabin. And he had heard um, that the area had problems with pirates and not like yard me matey pirates <laughs> uh more like guys that quietly get on your boat shoot you and then go sell your boat yeah so he had put pressure sensors on the deck right outside two different uh spots basically like uh i think right where uh one of the ladders comes up and then one of them right outside the cabin door that goes mm-hmm. out onto the deck and he woke up to a silent alarm of the pressure sensors going off and he fired a shotgun through the door and killed one of them and then chased another one up onto the deck and shot him and killed him. And he threw the bodies overboard and got the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> Wait, is this another pulling my leg? This thing? is not. This is not. This <laughs> is a straight up story that this guy, he, I mean, it's, it's passed down. It wasn't him. It was the guy that had told him about it. You know, and he's like, dude, we are in international waters. There was no Coast Guard around. What am I supposed to do? He's like, I, I had no idea if there was another boat slightly offshore that was just waiting for those guys to say, come on and get him, you know? like. So he just basically shot the guys, threw them over, and went straight to the first uh, port or dock that he could get to and reported it. But, uh, but like, had to clean off his boat and all that stuff. And they're like, yep, that happens. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, like, literally had to fucking shoot dudes. They were, they were coming on his boat to fucking kill him. It's so fucked up. Way to go, man. I know, but, like, good Lord. I don't know if I would ever go outside again after that. Oh, hell no. I don't even think I would, like, leave my bedroom. I'd be like, dude, it's, the world's too scary. I've had enough. <laughs> No thanks. Ugh. Man. I don't know. I've never been deep sea fishing, but I feel like that would scare me. I don't know. There's just something that freaks me out about being that far out in something that big that you just have no idea what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of the about the ocean that scares the shit out of me. Uh-huh. It's kind of up there with space in how, like, Yes, I would love to watch people explore it, but no fucking way you're getting me out there. <laughs> Mm-mm. Um, nope. Like, when, did you read Seven Eves? Did I remember? Yeah. yeah, remember? Basically, that whole book is a way of compounding all of my fears of space <laughs> into one book. Like, everybody dies of horrible fucking shit <laughs> in that book. Like bullides flying through their bodies and blowing out the entire backside of them, or horrible amounts of radiation, um, you know, degassing and, and being basically ripped to pieces by uh, pressure differences, you know, all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Super clean death. Fuck. Um, that, guy, that, was, that was a great book, by the way. I agree. That was another book that was really took me a while to like really digest though. Fuck. It was very sciencey. I just got to get you back onto House of Leaves so you can tell me more about it. How far did you get? I honestly I don't even remember. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. I know. So well you get you see now you gave me all that shit about it. And now you know what it's like. I will continue to give you shit about it because you said you quit re- you're going insane. I stopped reading it because it was boring me. <laughs> Maybe I didn't get to the Do good part Do you know the yet. definition of slow burn? Yeah, so I didn't get to the good No, part like yet. the whole idea of that book is that okay, if, if you take a frog and throw it into boiling water, it jumps out, right? If, if mm-hmm. that book slowly introduces you and slowly makes things weirder and creepier and harder. That's how he builds the tension. And in that book, you know, at the beginning, you're just like, this is just hard to comprehend and follow. And then you're reading it and you're like, oh, man, this is just going to be a struggle. Like he, the footnotes are fucking 10 pages long. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And after a while, you start not understanding what's going on and you start 
going, oh, some of that stuff that they said earlier kind of makes sense now. And then you're reading it, you go, okay, now I'm starting to feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that part of it, too, is that you had told me that. So I was reading it very slowly. To oh, don't sure do that. Just read it like everything. a novel book. Yeah. I maybe that don't don't try and see like, past oh, like when, when you're too much like me in that you go into a movie and you try and figure out what the ending's going to be this book is not like that just kind of read your way through it but like uh, you know okay to, in fairness i was doing what you were doing and like at one point i remember being like this isn't even in english now do i have to go fucking go get a, like a do i have to go decipher this and like read what this means in greek mythos like <laughs> But then I realized, no, yeah. the idea is that this book was written by several different authors, all who had gone insane. And you are trying to read through the book and put together what other crazy people were trying to put together. And the further you get into the book, the more it makes sense. And that is what makes you feel like you're losing your mind. Yeah. And and I have a question about it. Did Are the people that wrote it like, this isn't, like, they're not actually insane. Like, somebody wrote this. The guy like that actually that, right? wrote it, his name's on the book. Right. So, but he, he just wrote this and made it all up this way to be that. Yeah, right? like, like, he, it wasn't like, he says that in, in the book, it's basically a book that was written by a crazy person that was found by somebody. Uh, and it's telling a story about a totally different movie. <laughs> Basically, it's a book about yeah. a movie within a book, and none of them are him. The narrator is is the character uh, that they introduce you to in the beginning that finds the book from the dead man's uh, apartment. That's yes, the correct. First person guy, right? But then you know they go into deep tangents, like you know about him talking about notes that he found in that guy's book in his first person view, or they'll go into the story about what's going on in the video inside the book and that they're talking about. And it just gets fucking, it's very convoluted and crazy. And I guess that's kind of the reason they want, they want to make you struggle through it. Wait, but you're saying they, it's just one guy. It's that one guy all that wrote all things, the things right? in the book though. They talk about, right. Uh, the guy that wrote the book, the people that he wrote the book about the guy that was reading the book. And then there's the, um, the editors, they, they referenced the editors quote unquote. So there's like four yeah. levels of shit going on, uh, which can kind of make it really difficult. But anyways, by the time you yeah. get into the story, I'm honestly, for me, the story that I loved was the story that's going on in the movie uh, that's in the book. Yeah, I'm ready. I was right. definitely ready. Dude, that shit that. is fucking... It still gives me, like, the willies just thinking about it. And it's because, you know, anybody can, like, describe a monster in a book, but then your imagination isn't racing. And what he did is he created a book where your imagination is the monster. And that's what the monster is in the book, so far as I can tell. Like, it's different for everybody, and the place that you go into forces it out of you. Like, like it, you go into a space where there's nothing on the walls, there's no discerning features, there's no windows, there's no doors. It's a blank, dark space. And so your subconscious creates some kind of vicious monster. Is But I don't know if that's right. I, I'm, I'm still working my way through it. Yeah. No, Have I haven't read, read any it? since the last time we talked about it. I I had read a little bit more like the last time you and I talked about it, I had read a few more chapters. Um, but I remember just going, I need to take a break from this. It's just too fucking dark. <laughs> like there's parts in that yeah. book because you're like watching somebody's family fall apart from the, from the inside. And then also you're watching this guy like ruin his life <laughs> systematically. So there is both of those aspects in it. But, you know, like anybody that's listening yeah. to me or complain about this book, I, I'm not complaining. I love this book. I think it's the first book that I went, whoa, this person's doing something way different than anything I've ever seen before. So that's cool, dude. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I think it's it's very interesting, crazy kind of. I don't know. I guess it got optioned, but never turned into a movie. Like I think someone bought the rights to it, but they never turned it into something. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how you would. I mean, it would have to be like an incredibly big CG situation. Um, But also, again, like, how do you show something that is supposed to be your subconscious? Like, (laughs) but like, you know, some of the scenes stick out in my memory, like, you know, when he's trying to put a a shelf in the house for the first time and he like measures it like three times, cuts it, puts the shelf up. It looks good. Walks out of the room, comes back and the shelf is a foot away from the wall. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, that would be so cool to see in a movie form. Didn't the books, like, slide off? Yeah, like, like, I think the the shelf had shortened itself or something. I can't remember. Uh, The craziest part for me was when they... Have you gotten it far enough to where they go in the room? They've gone through it. I don't know, like they went from one. So long to the story other. short, they or maybe they they find remember. they find that Nothing room, happened. and they can't tell how deep it is, and so they send in an expedition, like an actual expedition team, with like filament wire, so that they can find their way back, and, and food, and oxygen, and like not knowing how long it's going to be, kind of thing. And uh, they're in there for days. And they get lost in there and they start trying to follow the filament back and they realize that everything that's in the place falls apart. So their stitches and their clothing is falling apart and the filament is crumbling. And like, it's so fucked up (laughs) when you think about it like that. It's not like anybody can write like, and the spooky monster chased the guys, but it's something totally scarier when it's like, just the clothing off your body is falling apart. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <sighs> but no, it was... It just, it's super it good. Um, but basically, you know, uh, where I had left off, I went a little bit further than this, but one of the guys falls down what they call the Grand Stairwell. And mm-hmm. you know how the place can kind of change its form? he looks up and he sees the light of the other guys in his team. And he sees that light just kind of like suck away. And basically what had happened is they realized that he had basically, uh, that it had like expanded to basically be miles away from them. So like, instead of just falling, he's now, miles away from that place with no food in the dark (laughs) it's like fuck and it's you know they talk about how it's ice cold in that place and it's just insane but no I love that movie or I love that book I really wish it was I wish someone very talented could get a hold of that script and find a way to turn it into a movie because I feel like it would be a crazy movie yeah hey speaking of movies yeah sure sorry not to change the subject but that this Haley said they're making a Ready Player Two. Uh, well, supposedly um, he's working on the book, and then yes, they they've already been optioned to make a second, and I think even maybe a third movie, but I can't remember. Um, they they leave it open in the book to have a second one, and well, it's expected the movie. Oh wait, no, the book science fiction. Yeah, the book's supposed to come out right, but it's, it's pl- this year. The thought process is that it's planned that he will release a book right at the same time and the book will be a loose a loose thing to the movie um oh well he always said he was going to make a second book so i think what the fans are expecting is that he will release a book either right before or at the same time as the movie um and then they'll either you know just cash in on that or it'll be kind of what he did with Ready Player One, where the book is one thing, and then they change the movie up a little bit. But he's still working on the script with them. Either way, he'll yeah. he'll be a part of it. Well, I know that you were mildly disappointed in the film. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I ever said I was mildly disappointed. I think I said it was. it's two different things. It's like Ready Player One, the movie, yeah. is a very entertaining movie. But there's holes in it. 
in the yeah. in the plot. I also before I listen to the book. Well, and I also I think and I, I think I've talked about this before. I also understand things like trademark and like how how the movie could have never been the book. Like they would have never been able to get the licensing to do everything. Because the book has like long references to movies and and TV and a bunch of pop culture stuff that they could never really do. Um, so they always yeah. had to change it. And and at the end of the day, they brought him in and he he had a huge hand in writing it. So I feel like it's it's totally fine and for its uh, fun value. But I also know that the book was way more hardcore, like way darker way more fucked up shit was going on. They cut out huge chunks of the book that I thought was like really interesting. Like when he infiltrates the IOI that they, they cut all that out. I felt like that could have been a whole movie on its own, honestly. Um, yeah. So I, I get it. You know, it's Hollywood. They got to pack it all into an hour and a half and make people happy. Um, they changed the outcomes and who died from the book and I think there's a lot of questions about where do you go from here like how do you write a second book and it have not the same people alive (laughs) like he's kind of written himself into a corner so he'll have to figure out a way to get out of that I don't know my biggest problem with uh, that whole movie was the last 30 seconds which is they you know (laughs) in the book the idea is that you know, he fought with all these other players to make sure that this system is open to everybody, that there are no rules mm. and that the people make it what they want it to be. And at the end of the movie, it's almost like a fucking like, oh, we got to give the parents something here. And they were like, <laughs> remember at the end, like he's basically like, you know, and then we decided that we're going to shut down the system for one day each week because people need to be outside too. (laughs) And I remember thinking that character would never do that. Like it's the exact opposite of everything that they fought for the entire time. And then all of a sudden, like in the book, he wants to give all the power back to the people. And in the movie, it seems like they go, well, us three teenagers decide what happens now. Well, yeah, but in the book, he also, you know, fell in love and got a girlfriend. So being in in her presence physically, I think, became important. Okay, now you're going to get me going on a rant because they definitely. Well, here's my I'll make it short. (laughs) They 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 took a strong female character in the book that was in theory, not like absolutely gorgeous, like. And they made it a, a love story about people that care about their their relationship outside of a physical form. And in the movie, they go, yeah. "Let's take a beautiful girl and put a put a sticker on her face that makes her look a little weird." <laughs> they didn't even yeah. try, and not even that weird. Yeah, no, I agree so, with that. That that, that bummed me out a little bit, but you know, whatever. <laughs> The surprise with H was amazing in the movie. I mean, the, it was great in the book, but like, I also thought it was really good in the movie. It was really well done. So, so yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I I'll always say that, you know, it, it, it always will have its like fun level for me. And I almost wish I had seen the movie before I read the book because I probably would have really enjoyed the movie and then read the book and go, oh, okay. Oh, weird. Yeah. Well, that's different. But now nah, the book was just like so good that like when the movie came out, I was like, ah, oh, you bastards. <laughs> but again, like I can't complain because the writer wrote the book or wrote the movie and he said before the movie came out, I'm changing it and I'm doing it to make it fun for the people that read the book. Yeah, so that really he can change it up anyway. and like and surprise you. I mean, yeah. it's what The Walking Dead did. The Walking Dead they have not followed the script of the comic book since like the first season. So, you know, anybody that's read the comic books goes, Oh, that shit's way fucked up. And then when you watch the, the TV show and everybody's like, Oh my God, can you believe what happens? It's like, dude, go read the comic books. A fucking lady gets shot and crushes a baby. Like <laughs> there's some fucked up shit in that goddamn comic book. I feel like, I mean, I didn't even know the walking dead was a comic book. 
until like a few seasons yeah. were out. Like, so is that something that everybody's really like super into? Or what are you are you asking me? Like, but yes, I and think no. people like, were really excited like, about it. I think for everybody's kind of it's run its course now. Yeah. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. But I just I guess I'm wondering like is Walking is or was I guess The Walking Dead ever like a really super yeah I mean that's what made it a TV show it became okay I mean completely ignorant on my part I just I just did not even know it was I think a lot of stuff was happening like a lot of zombie stuff was being made after Max Brooks made that really popular through through his book World War Z and so they're looking Mm -hmm. for reasons to make TV shows and then the Walking Dead story was well known in the comic book spectrum and at that time everything that they did with comic books was killing it. So I think they just took a chance and and they crushed it. But they also kind of lost sight of it, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, it is what it is. But I remember, I just remember like having this conversation with somebody and I'm not like a smoot, a snooty, like person like, Oh, well I read the comic book, but I remember someone saying like, dude, this show is the most brutal thing ever. And I, I just said like, Dude, just read like two of the comic books. Like, it's <laughs> so much more fucked up in the comic books that they would never get away with half the shit that they did. Like, like in yeah. one, I mean, like you can't show kids dying on TV. People hate seeing kids dying. And there's a scene in the comic book where the mother of Rick gets shot during the the prison breakout and as she's shot she falls on the baby and crushes the baby to death and like in the in the uh tv show they have her like you know turn into a zombie and like eat the baby or something i can't remember what happened but it's like it was like oh it's so fucked up it's like is it as fucked up as watching your wife get shot and then crush your baby in front of you (laughs) like i don't know but like eat the baby that's kind of yeah that's yeah cool. I, I don't remember you maybe it wasn't eat the baby i think it was i can't remember i'd have to go back there was one scene though in uh i think season two do you remember the character michonne no okay. i only watched like the first michonne is this is this like strong black woman that carries a, a katana and in one okay. of the seasons, they they go to a town that they think is protecting them, but it turns out that the guy is just fucked up in the head. And when she realizes mm-hmm. that, and he knows that she knows that, he captures her and tortures her for days. And there's a scene uh, in the, the TV show where she gets out and she gets a hold of him and she locks him up and tortures him for days. Well, in the oh. in the TV show, they show it almost as if it happened in the course of a few minutes, and it's kind of quick. Like she just like you know cuts them up and stuff. In the fucking mm-hmm. uh, comic book, she tortures him systematically for days, doing progressively worse things like cutting off fingers, cutting off toes, cutting off his genitals, like lighting parts of his body on fire, like basically. Just for like days, systematically fucking this guy up and like cutting parts of his body off him until he's basically a chunk. And it's just so <laughs> fucking gnarly. And so, you know, anybody that's ever like, oh, dude, it's so hardcore, I'm like, dude, just, just go read like two of them. Come back and tell me. <laughs> just take a gander. Tell me how fucked up you think. And, and you know, like, okay, I really love this book. Uh, this comic book series where, uh, and I think I've told you about this before. I'm trying, I think it's called the Abator, uh, Aber, Aber, Abator, I can't remember what it's called, but, but basically the idea is this guy, this creepy old guy goes around and buys, buys homes where people were horribly murdered and he tears out the parts of the house that somebody was actually violently killed in. And nobody knows what happens with it. And then, so this lady that happened to her sister, she starts following this guy and, like, looking through, like, buying histories and stuff. And, like, it doesn't make sense because, like, he's been buying them for longer than anybody could live kind of thing. 
and she finally no. figures out that they're all being directed to this one property and she goes to that property and he has like real, real quick so like he buys a house that someone's been murdering and like rips out like the room they were murdered in like uh if i remember right in the in, in the book it starts off with like somebody's uh sister had like killed herself or shot herself or something and, and like crawled out into the hallway and what he did was he came in bought the house and then tore out the hallway in the bedroom and then, and then just, yeah like up. like she came to the house after she found out that it had already been sold and there's just this gaping hole in the house and the house is already back up okay. for sale and she like goes through all these records, goes through all these like finds out that like where he's directing all this stuff, goes to the property that he's directing this stuff to, and finds out that he's building a house out of only parts where people have been murdered. And so he's got this like hodgepodge giant mansion out, just built out of parts of homes where people were violently killed. And it's basically built to be a focal point. Uh, as like a crossover between here and the dead and it's so fucking nuts but it's kind of badass and somebody made like a like a b level maybe even c level movie of it a few years ago and i actually thought it was pretty good um they just had you could tell a big struggle uh with some of those visuals that are really easy when you have to draw it and horrible when you have to film it yeah what was it called again? How do you spell it? Uh, hold on. It is A B A T T O I R. Abitur? There you go. Abitur. Abitur. It's British yeah. for a slaughterhouse. Which kind of makes sense because it's the house of slaughter, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, no fucking great comic book and visually insane. Like the person that did the uh comics, um, very talented and terrifying. Um, let me see if abattoir. Well, I'm just going by what it said on the Googles. Uh, did you look it up though? Did you Google the pictures? I've Googled the movie. And the movie's okay. The movie's okay. The the actual guy that drew the comic book is fucking crazy, though. Oh, comic. That's what I meant to um, But yeah, no, great shit. Loved it. Oh, is Haley dead? Nice. That looks amazing. Oh, that is weird. Uh, yeah, but no, great comic book, great movie. Very yes, very, very graphic. Um, violent and disgusting at some points. But great movie. Great book. Um, wow. All right, buddy. I won't keep you up any longer. Your, your spouse just passed out on the floor with a dog, so I should probably let you go. <laughs> well, yeah. my phone's at 3%. Oh, mine is too. Even... So I can keep going. My phone's all right. Well, thanks for so... hopping on, buddy. And I'll see you this weekend. Of course. Thanks for sending Bye. Bye. Bye.